of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. You hear the music. You know, I always think about the things that like are the most satisfying to me. Number one, haircut days. D- did it yesterday. But hearing that music and knowing we got the Mac back is uh, a close second right there. Henry TV Cannon, what's up, my man? What's up, Bill? What's happening? What's up, Will? Hey, Bill, hey, how was North Carolina? I haven't talked to you since you went back home to visit. Look, man, I had a great trip. It was a quick trip. We got out there, got to see the Tar Heels play, beat Michigan, which was awesome. Great venue. Charlotte's got a, that spec Marine. I've never been in it because I haven't been back since that was built. That was amazing. Then I got to take my middle son with my older brother, and we went down memory lane. I got to show my uh, kid where I grew up. All the like seven houses that I think we lived in because we moved so much with my mom. God bless her. Like a single mom, three boys. And uh, it was awesome. Got to see cousins and aunts and uncles and stuff I haven't seen in a long time. And so it was awesome. Had a great trip, man. That's good. That's good stuff. Stuff. Uh, how was uh, holidays for you, man? And uh, Happy New Year as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Happy New Year's to both of you. Uh, no, I'm pretty good when I. Uh, uh, for Christmas, hung out with Derek Vick and his family, nice. and uh, watched basketball all day, and and ate up all this food, and and uh, <laughs> and took leftovers, you know, and uh, oh yeah, and then uh, for New Year's, uh, hung out with some friends, had a buddy in from Atlanta. He's a, actually he played basketball for Maine. He was a four year starter, point guard for Maine University of Maine, and. Uh, he was in town with his with his wife and spent some time with them and one of my old bosses and uh you know about the new year in uh you know pretty quiet and uh hey <laughs> ready for 2023 Absolutely. and we need it <laughs> Absolutely. T- uh will asked me we were talking about transfer portal and uh reasons to transfer and stuff and he brought up one and i i alluded to you uh he i told him it's about the weather, like because you came to Nebraska. Like, I mean, I think they they like bait you in to the fall weather, to the spring and the summer, right? <laughs> yes. And I'm like, yes. like if I had a chance right now, in like from November to April, and I had an NIL deal, I would NIL my butt up out of this place in a heartbeat, oh, yeah. somewhere warm. Did you like? Oh, did yeah. you have that moment when you got to Nebraska? Like, because you're playing hoops, right? It's all fun. You're in the gym. You're inside, but like it that ends. And then you got to be a student and stuff, and you're walking outside, you're like, man, it's cold. I don't know if I need to be here no more. Well, fortunately for D. Vic and I, uh, we played at Hutchinson, Kansas, which, you know, similar weather Mm -hmm. when it comes to the winter. So 
so we were pretty much used to that. But what we didn't like is where we had to park at for games. You know, there, <laughs> you know, so we're playing in the Devaney, and we had to park on the other side of the railroad track, and there was some, you know, rocks and dirt and things of that sort. That's the only place we could park. You know, they had uh, uh, we couldn't park across the street. We couldn't park at the facility, so we had to park and walk. Uh, to the Devaney, and and half the time we would get stopped by the dang on train. So it was kind of, and it was cold, <laughs> definitely. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, you know, so it was uh, it was kind of bittersweet. You know, we enjoyed playing in the games, but just the parking man, we still complain about that today, man. I said, man, they couldn't get the basketball players a better parking spot, so we had to park <laughs> with everybody else and, and and walk and walk across the tracks and. Uh, but, you know, well, we thoroughly enjoyed it. But the weather, you're right. I mean, I'm surprised Arizona and Arizona State and these California schools, they should be winning championships every year. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, with the weather that they have and with the NIL and, and, and you know, being able to play year-round and outside, inside. But, you know, I know they can do that East Coast and Midwest now with the <laughs> AAU and things of that sort, man. But just the weather alone, man, that that, that would, you know, if you if I had to do it all over again and any of those schools would have recruited me, I would have really seriously considered it. This goes without saying, we don't even have to, we can move on. But, man, Arizona State and Arizona, they're all winning championships in a different way. The scenery, the scenery is beautiful. <laughs> hey, I can't complain, man. I said, hey, AZ is special, but I, I, you know, I, I tell everybody, ask me, so are you going to stay in Arizona when you retire? Heck yeah. yeah! Why would I go back? Why would I go back to the winter and cold and bitter cold and below zero and wind chills and you know? I, no, I don't want to deal with that anymore. So I'm staying out here and just enjoying life. You're staying there. I don't blame you at all. We're talking to Henry T. Buchanan. T, let's go back uh, about a week where Iowa came to town. And, you know, I, I went to this game with my mom. The place was packed, hell of a crowd. And from tip to end, we played great. What did you see in that game? That's, I text Coach Hoyberg that night, and my first word was, damn. <laughs> yep, yep. I said, I said, I really didn't have a comment. I said they played an outstanding game. They were awesome um, from start to finish, and that was arguably one of the best uh, performances I've seen from definitely from a Coach Hoiberg's uh, team. But in you know prior coaches, I mean that team from start to finish, defensively, offensively, uh, Sam was aggressive. I mean, I mean they just did everything right, and and you can just see it in Iowa's players eyes that they just was not ready for that game and they got hit in the mouth and never got up and and um and that was just fun to watch uh and that from what i understand the crowd was outstanding it was similar to the wisconsin game from what i uh, from what i hear and you know and what better way to perform like that and, and when you have a crowd behind you like that it just you know you just take it up a couple decimals and you just continue playing and they went from start to finish and uh coach Hoyberg was pretty happy about that victory Trust yeah, me. it was a fun one it was fun to watch you saw what this team's capable of obviously they were in the friendly confines of pinnacle bank arena sold yes. out crowd mm-hmm. uh, i want to talk about this a little bit though because it's like they're going to protect the vault the team looks different when you're at home, and I think this goes for a lot of teams in college basketball, yeah. maybe all of them. But it yeah. seems over the time with Nebraska basketball, and this doesn't just go to Coach Hoiberg, or it goes back to you know Miles and Doc and all those guys. Because when you look at yeah. it, we're eight and seven overall, six and one at home, two and six away from Pinnacle Bank Arena. What is the difference? I know it's tough to go play places. 
And I kind of want to pick your brain on how you guys did it from the you know, from from the mentality side to get your mm-hmm. butts ready to hoop on the road. Well, Coach Nee did a good job of preparing us. Um, definitely, and and that's why I always make the comment that home teams you got to give them a ten a ten point lead. I mean, that's just given. Just playing at home, familiar. Um, uh, rims, courts, you know, your home crowd and mm-hmm. things of that sort. So you got to give them at least 10 points. And then on top of that, you know, it's, and I, you know, I would never accuse referees of, of, uh, homering and things of that sort, but sometimes they get impacted as far as the home crowd and, and, you know, these and fans are still the same today as they were back then. And they're pretty boisterous and they're letting their opinions be heard. Um, so it's so it's a different mentality, um, and you know, and me as a player, what I would do and what our team would do, we would take a full advantage of their crowd and use that crowd to motivate ourselves. Uh, not all of us could do that, but a lot of us did. And I, you know, I talked about the Colorado game. Colorado was the only team that never beat us while, you know, while uh, we were. Uh, at the university, and I just remember playing there and how loud they were and and boisterous, and you know they were able to drink back then, and and but you know they did whatever it took to try to get into our heads, you know, and calling us every name in the book and things that sort. So you you have to deal with that, um, and you know, but you want to focus on the game, and definitely you know that the team that you're playing against is already pumped up playing in front of their family and and, and their and their in the crowd, in the home crowd. And it's just a different feeling, uh, just from a player's perspective, um, you know, whether you're playing on the, on the road or playing at home. And it just, when you play at home, it's just different. And some of your, some of your role players play a lot better at home than they do on the road as well. Especially the inexperienced players, because they're they're comfortable at home. Uh, you know, we practiced at the Devaney every you know every day, and they were used to the rim, used to the crowd, used to the floor, so they even performed better. So it just took the upperclassmen or the seniors that was able to bring along the younger players, and 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 they kind of fed off of us. So, but but it was always a difficult task, and as you can see in that Michigan State game, it was you know you know that was a tough game, but. You know, for me, looking at that game, I'm looking at the free throws. We outshot them. We shot 18 free throws versus their six. But unfortunately, we only hit eight out of 20 to their four out of six. So that right there, that key statistic, you know, hurt us. And and we only had nine turnovers. I've always thought if we only committed under 10 turnovers – we should win that game. This was on the road, but that didn't happen for us. So a lot of things that just just didn't go our way on the road. And then again, you you're playing against the Coach Isbell team. Um, so it's you know the, you know to your question, it's just different playing on the road than it is at home. Um, something else I ask you about that because obviously when you mentioned this, when you're at home, you got your the way you do it, your locker room, mm-hmm. all that stuff. What was the routine like? Because I think coaches probably and personnel and all this try to keep it as uh, structured as possible. Was there a specific structure when you guys went on the road to keep things as normal as possible? Oh, absolutely. Um, well, number one, all our home games, we stayed in a hotel. <laughs> yep. So so we simulated it. Uh, we stayed in a hotel the night before games. Um 
did the breakfast, did the shoot around, and that's the exact same thing we did when we was on the road. We stayed in a hotel, get up, shoot around, and then come back for the game. Uh, but it still was based upon our, you know, your what's between your ears, you know, it's mentality. Because at that level, people realize Division One playing at that level is difficult within itself because you're playing against the best of the best from high school or transfers or wherever you're going, especially today's game with the transfer portals and things of that sort. Uh, so so our preparation with Coach Nee was more or less the same, you know, same on the road as it was at home. He tried to assimilate it uh, and, and keep it keep it the same and the same type of motivational speeches and things of that sort. So we just we kind of ignored where we were playing at. Now, we could control our opponents, you know, so based upon if we could hit them in their mouth early, you know, in the game, then we stayed in the game. But sometimes, you know, the Oklahomas or K-State get a quick start, man. It's hard, It's you know, it's, it's hard to catch up to them, you know, because the crowd gets into it and, it and the more louder it gets, the better they play. So it just, your start was huge. And, and if you had a slow start, man, it was going to be a long night. We're talking to Henry T. Buchanan. Yeah, we've seen that so many times the past few years with these Nebraska teams is just, you know, going on the road, especially in the Big Ten, it's tough. And especially going to Michigan State. I mean, we've seen that performance that we saw the other night at, at Michigan State. I feel like we've seen that so many other times uh, with other Nebraska teams. Just, you know, Michigan State, it's it's a tough place to play. And I just wonder yeah. how many coaches uh, get out coached by Izzo when they go to that building. All of them. Oh, all of them. <laughs> hey, I still, you know, and I know Bill has asked me this question. We talked about this on the few occasions he's arguably the best coach and has been the best coach in college for several years in my opinion just based upon what he gets out of players not getting the the five-star players every year he he gets the local players out of michigan the best you know some of the best around michigan he gets players that are that fits his system um and he gets players who's who's who will jump off the bridge for him but, but man, just watching him, if you watch how he coach and the relationship he has with the players, the players can talk to him, uh, give their opinion. You know, it's not like you listen to me and, and shut up. It's more, I want to hear what you have to say. So he's a player's coach. And uh, who wouldn't want to play for Coach Izzo? He, he just, he's just a different type of coach. And I enjoy watching him coach. I enjoy the facial expressions. I enjoy just watching how his players um, react to him and respond to him. And it's uh, Michigan State, you know, with that tough uh, pre-conference schedule, man, you don't want to face him in, the, in March Madness, during March Madness, because he's going to make some, he's going to make some noise. Again, we're speaking to Henry T. Buchanan, Husker legend, the Mac. T, um, how hard is it mentally as a player and as a team uh, to not let other teams dictate who you become? Because I watched this team a little bit. That happens to them. It happens to a lot of college basketball teams. Because the other night, I think Michigan State, because I think it's a real thing. People are like, that's ah, not real. Teams don't dictate who you are. Yes, they do. Because the other night against Michigan State, our offensive woes turned into bad defensive woes as well. Mm-hmm. And Michigan State took over the tempo. And and Nebraska couldn't get back to who they were. Yeah, yeah. And and what I saw too is is that point guard. Um, what was his name? Uh, the little short point guard. He uh, was that Washington. Was no, no. Pete, wasn't it like PJ something. Uh, 
can't remember his name. We should know. Yeah, he, he we went should off. know what he, he went off. Miss. I'll look. You got. Yeah, he played. He played great. Well, he played great against us. Everybody um, does. <laughs> Tyson Walker. Um, Tyson Walker. Hey, Joe. Yeah, Tyson Walker. He normally just. He's a general. He normally just runs the offense. Um, uh, you know, he takes a shot when he's open. You know, but he doesn't force anything. But in this game, and you know, this goes to show you the brilliance. of of Coach Izzo is that he told him to be aggressive. So when he started off uh, aggressive on the offensive end, shooting and scoring, because um, the other players is used to getting the ball from him, but when they see him being so aggressive, and it, and it kind of threw our defense off. We were not, we're yeah. not used to this Walker taking early shots and you know penetrating, hitting threes. And I'm like, when I saw him shoot, I said, "Man, it's going to be a long night." This guard, which I've always thought is a real solid guard, uh, is is being aggressive, and that's changing probably what our coaching staff was anticipating. So then again, so then now you now you're back on your heels, and they're at home. The crowd is already in it, is already into into the game, and then defensively. That's the first time that I saw us. We did a lot of chasing in this game. Mm-hmm. You know, even though even though we do our switching and things, seemed like we were a step behind uh, on every possession that that Michigan State had, and we just we were just playing catch up the whole game. But we were still in the game, and mm-hmm. if we had hit some free throws, um, you know, missing twelve free throws, and some of those front end one on ones and then and ones, you know, we missed a lot of free throws that that kind of stopped our momentum uh when we made those runs. So, you know, the score is not indicative of what the game was like, even though it appeared that Michigan State dominated, but we still had our chances. I watch, I, you know, T, I watched what you're talking about last night with Carolina last night because Carolina was struggling a lot and Leaky Black, you probably knew who Leaky yeah, Black yeah, is, all yeah. ACC mm-hmm. defensive player a couple yep. years. Uh, last night, Hubert Davis had him. He had a career-high 18 last night, slashing to the rim. Yep, yep. And a player like that that has that ability, but he's playing in a different role, you know. Yep. And, and and I'm sure he was a great scorer in high school. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure he averaged mm-hmm. 20 to 30 points in high school. But his role with Coach Izzo's team is to run the team and distribute the ball. But <laughs> For whatever reason, uh, Coach Izzo wanted him to be aggressive. And that could have came from the K-State game because that guard, you know, that point guard at K-State was aggressive against us and it was pretty good. So if you get a guard that's willing to be aggressive offensively, it changes, you know, even though now, don't get me wrong, Emmanuel's a great defender. He's a great defender. But... But a lot of the, the guards that he's guarding, he's he's disrupting the offense by by putting pressure on the ball and and getting their offense started late. Uh, but when you got a, a guard that's coming in shooting deep threes, penetrating and looking to score and not run the offense, then that throws you off a little bit. And and that's exactly what Coach Izzo did. And it was very similar to what K State's. Um, offense did against us and i'm sure they scouted that and saw the tapes and and uh and kind of emulated that against us so but i'm I, you know but i don't think it was a horrible performance by us you know statistic wise but it you know it the score to me did not indicate the way the game 
uh, basically went because they shot only 66 from the free throw line and 32 for the three point line, and they were less than 50 percent from the field. From the field, so you know, defensively we were there. Uh, but the stat that I like the most is the nine turnovers. If we can stay under 10 turnovers, man, we're going to win a lot of games. Um, but I like to see the assist a little higher. We only had 10 assists, but but you know that's. You know, you're playing on the road in the Big Ten, and you're playing against a Coach Izzo team. So that's uh, that speaks for itself. T, we got uh, Minnesota coming up on Saturday. It's an early game. It's at 11 o'clock uh, Central Time. But you look at Minnesota. Definitely haven't been impressive this season. They've they've barely beat some bad teams, and they got blown out by some good teams. And I, I look at this Nebraska team. Right, we've shown that we could beat good teams. We beat Creighton. We we beat Iowa. Uh, you know, we took Purdue to overtime. I don't think it's too much for saying that this is a game that we should win. Yes, we should. But I watched a little bit of Minnesota against Wisconsin on the road last night, and they played them tough. So you got to throw out the prior games because every team and every coach they're learning each and every game, and they're getting better each and every game. So you got to take that into consideration. And Minnesota be at home, right. so you got mm-hmm. ten points up front. And uh, but I but we can compete against them, and we should beat them. And but it's it's going to be tough. It's Big Ten on the road. I mean, so it's not a cupcake. Northwestern, Penn State, mm-hmm. heck, Iowa hasn't even won a Big Ten game yet, mm-hmm. and they start off like game busters, was mm-hmm. ranked in the top twenty five at the beginning of the season. <laughs> Yep. So who, who would have thought that? And 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 prayers for the coach. I see he's t- take some time off due to anxiety. You know, I you know you hate to see that and the pressure of coaching is at this level. Uh, <laughs> you know, in college, you know, you coach at the highest level and in, in, in a Power Five, arguably the, the best conference in the nation. You know, that's a lot of pressure. So you know, thoughts and prayers for him, and hopefully get a speedy recovery there. We got about one minute left. Solve this mystery for me. Uh, New Year's Eve. Uh, at what time do you celebrate? Because I was on the East Coast, and I was, we were trying to explain because I've been in Arizona, and it's like, man, I don't know what I'm celebrating. I'm a, is it Phoenix New Year? Is it New York New Year? Like, how, what's the mystery here? Well, we celebrate. We still do the midnight here. But you get calls from everybody from the East Coast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you get calls and texts. Happy New Year, Happy New Year. You know, from your family and friends. So, so you get to really celebrate two times. You know, with the uh, Midwest, you know, Central Time and Eastern Time. So you really celebrate with them. Uh, so yeah, it was. Uh, you know, and this year was a little bit different uh, for me anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, it, you know, it's still I still enjoy. You know, uh, each year, and um, you know, just like my grandmother always said, you know, every birthday you had, long you live, and every every new year is you're still here, and you still enjoying life and making an impact, and hopefully making an impact for others. Yep, truly a blessing, T man. Just like you, man, you're a blessing, man. Appreciate you coming on, man. We will talk soon. Stay safe, my brother. All right, y'all take care, man, and thanks for having me, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year, T. Good stuff. Uh, Great stuff there with Henry T. If you miss any of that after the show, we'll have it up on ESPNLincoln.com on the podcast. we got a little over a minute left. Oh, we do now? We're a little... And I just want to go back and and talk about that last question I asked. Minnesota, they're not an impressive team. I mean, they barely beat Chicago. I'm telling you, I don't think that they are that good of a team. I know they took took Wisconsin. They only lost by three to Wisconsin last night. But I'm just saying... The way that we've looked against some teams, 
if we figure it out, this is a game that we should win. Yeah. And I think it's almost a must-win considering yes, you gotta, where we're at and how many opportunities you get at the Big Ten. Nebraska's got to take the fight and remember who they are and dictate that. Yes. So, hey, also, what, we got like 30 seconds, probably something like that. Here's some, and just, you talk about a blessing and stuff that's moving in the right direction. Um, um, Damar Hamlin uh, reports, per the physician's care for Darlin Hamlin at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center, shown remarkable improvement of the past 24 hours while still critically ill. He has demonstrated that he appears to be neurologically intact. Yes. His lungs continue to heal, and he is making steady progress. And also from a, one of his teammates, the eyes are open, and he's responsive. Oh, that is so good news. Still a ton of prayers out to that, and they're thanking the medical staff. I mean, wow. I got goosebumps. I mean, still still say the stuff for him and keep him in your prayers. That thing, his foundation, is over $7 million right now. Wow. All right, we'll be back with Wheel Time. What's trending at 10?